and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight, the podcast that brings you all the latest news and insights from Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub. Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub is delivered in partnership with Kerner Health CIC, working on workforce development programmes across the Cornwall health and care system, and we are here to support all those working in primary care. Hello and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight. In this episode, I talk with two of the Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub educators, Heather Taylor and Sarah Truen, about clinical skills coaching. This is a really exciting new initiative they have developed and have been delivering over the past uh, so six to 12 months alongside a growing pool of clinical skills coaches that we now have at the Primary Care Training Hub. So the importance of trying to nurture and improve confidence, resilience and and ultimately retention in the primary care workforce was really sort of identified. And this offer came about because at the Training Hub, we recognised learning doesn't end after a person receives training, but instead that's really the beginning of the journey. And that's actually when a person may need a coach to go into the practice and support those new members of the healthcare team all those looking to build new skills and coach these people and help build those new skills in a really structured way, which is really tailored to their specific outcomes and needs and what is desired by them and um, their team and organisation. So here is Sarah and Heather telling us all about that clinical skills coaching offer. I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, if you have any questions or want more information, please do not hesitate to contact us at the Training Hub. Enjoy. Hi there, welcome to the podcast. If you could just introduce yourself, your sort of name and job role, that would be great. Oh, hi, Emma. Um, I'm Heather Taylor and I work for Kernel Health. Um, I'm one of the clinical skills coaches and I also work at Brannell Surgery as a working practice nurse. Um, and hello, I'm Sarah. I'm the same as Heather. I'm a clinical skills coach um, and I'm also a, a practice nurse at Carn and Down Surgery. Perfect. And you two have really been sort of leading on our clinical skills coaching offer. So probably a really good place to start is sort of in a nutshell. Um, what is clinical skills coaching? Basically, we we go into the practices and to, and support any new nurses that have joined the nursing team. But we're there to, to sort of embed the new role and support them with this new challenge of becoming a, a practice nurse and, and the role that what the role involves and the new skills that they're going to be learning, whether it be from an educational background, whether they do study days or whether they're having some training in-house, whether to support the actual learner, the nurse, the new nurse, whatever title she's got. But it also this also supports the existing nursing team because they can sort of forget about that nurse for that session and we're there to support them and buddy them and be work alongside them. Hand-holding sounds a bit patronising, but basically that's what we're there for. Yeah, that's a really nice way to sort of uh, sum it up, really. So why did the Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub create the clinical skills coaching offer? So um, it was born out of the idea, really, that um, we know that there's going to be a skills gap coming up in, in primary care. There is a skills gap coming up in primary care. Um, we're recruiting for new nurses and um, the demands of the job are, great, are quite great. Nurses are working alone in their rooms. Um, there's not a lot of help um, with anyone around them. And 
we were finding that that we had reports back of people not being able to cope or they were finding that they were leaving because the support wasn't there um, and not because of the team and not wanting to give the support. They definitely did, but um, they weren't able to support them because of their own workloads. Um, and also when you're a brand new nurse in practice and the door is shut and you've got your patients coming in, it's just reassuring to have someone with you to help you get over running your clinic and saying, actually, you are doing the right thing and you are um, you do know what you're talking about. And so yeah. it was born out of that, really, to look at look at the look at the shortfall that we've got coming up, look at the new nurses that we're coming in, encouraging new nurses to come into general practice and then work out how we can support them so that they feel comfortable in their new role. I guess it's it's that thing, isn't it, where you people go on the training and it's sort of acknowledging with the clinical skills. It actually doesn't really just end there, does it? It sort of starts there. And that's when people need that, like Heather said, handholding or support in practice That's because of the team so incredibly busy perhaps isn't always able to happen at the minute yeah that's exactly Mm -hmm. it yeah what are the benefits of clinical skills coaching to sort of the nurse the wider team the organization I think if you approach it sort of twofold really the benefits to the individual are that what they are being taught from whatever angle we can actually reinforce what 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 happens in a practical setting and this also encourages that new nurse in this role to actually transfer skills that she's learned in her other jobs but also um give her that bit of confidence to know that what she's doing is correct and and that she's 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 not if she's got if i'm saying she i do apologize if they (laughs) if they if they know they think they're doing the right job if we're there just to say actually that that is correct what you're doing so we're not there to show them what to do we're just there to be to support them when they are doing a task or a role or whatever part of that job they're doing on that particular session that that what they're doing is correct yeah and I suppose like it's yeah it's a important message to get across isn't it that it's not about we're not you're not there to assess them it's not an assessment is it it's supportive like you said so I've mentioned the nurse um the individual so Mm -hmm. the, the wider team the nurse is, is sometimes feels like she's interrupt that they, that that nurse feels like they're interrupting the colleagues all the time when they when they're doubting some of the, the the things that they've got to look after in in practice. For example, if there's a wound that needs reviewing and the nurse thinks, do we need to change the treatment? And they're not quite confident in that, then they may need to ask one of the colleagues. Now, if we're alongside that nurse in that session, we can have that conversation and work out the rationale why that nurse thinks that dressing needs changing. So again, that's relieving the pressure from the existing nursing team who've already got full clinics. Now, for the organisation, if we can embed a bit of confidence in that new nurse, in that new role, supporting the individual, we're supporting the team because they can literally forget about that that nurse in that session that we're in in practice. Then from an organisational point of view, they're not going to have to re-recruit if that nurse leaves. They're not going to have to pay for advertising for that role. They're mm. going to have a happier workforce because not that the pressure will be reduced and alleviated. Now, we haven't audited that yet, but I'm sure when we when we, we come to year one of this, I'm sure that's one of the questions that will be answered. And that, that sort of workforce improvement and workforce morale is one of the things that I hope will 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 achieve yeah hopefully it's going to really help uh benefit like the resilience of the workforce and then also like the retention of the workforce like you say it should it should really help with that and hopefully we'll see some we've had some nice feedback from people who've, who've done it haven't they have been through clinical skills coaching sessions yeah and are really benefiting from it 
So I think we've already touched upon this briefly, but who are clinical skill sessions actually for then? Up until now, we've um, we focused on on nurses. Um, Heather and I are both nurses and both know how it feels to be new nurses. Um, and so we've we focused on nurses. But as we go forward, we're hoping to take that into nursing associates, healthcare support workers, and also um, those allied health professionals that might also need a little bit of guidance and support if they're not possibly um, on the roadmap on the through the R's roles, but um, are individually employed, then it might be for them as well. So um, it's not limited to nurses. It's it's going to be open to the wider nursing team eventually, um, and also the allied healthcare professionals, newly qualified yeah. nurses, um, and then also new to practice nurses. So they might have worked in secondary care or as a district nurse for a long time, but actually we know that the jump going from secondary care, or oh, I certainly do know the jump, that how you feel going from secondary care into primary yeah. care. It's massive and a huge curve. And so to have that support, um, have, I think, is in really invaluable. And and also about upskilling our, our workforce that we have now. So within our education team, we have lots of people who are really um, expert in their field of diabetes, of respiratory, of cardiovascular disease. So those nurses that are already working in primary care, but could do with but maybe changing into a different area, so need upskilling in diabetes or something like that, then we can offer bespoke support for those nurses as well or wider nursing team. Yeah, it's such a good point, isn't it? Because you might not have think this offers for you because you might have been a practice nurse for a few years, but if you're going into a new skill like diabetes or asthma or COPD or something like that, and actually you need that bit of support because it is new to you, even though you're not new to practice nursing. Absolutely. And the other thing I was just going to say is that um, we know that we um, have a preceptorship programme that we're putting together and this uh, clinical skills coaching is going to be embedded in part of that so that when we've got newly qualified nurses that are going to be coming through as preceptors then this is going to be an integral part to that yeah exactly because obviously preceptorship is something so commonly seen and, and happens in secondary care and and having that available for people in primary care is going to be so important and the clinical skills coaching will be integral i just think it's it's a great opportunity for anybody working in general practice who's having a slight change in the career pathway to, to utilise um, a nurse colleague that's already doing what they're aiming to strive and aiming to achieve and, and focusing very much on the day-to-day practical aspects to, the, to that new role. Mm-hmm. Yes, they'll, they'll learn something in university about, we'll use diabetes for an example. They'll, they'll get the, found, the foundation and, and the, the framework and the theory behind looking after a patient with, with diabetes. But we're actually embedding that in the clinical setting and, and a practical application to it. which is hopefully going to make that an holistic uh, practitioner. How exactly are clinical skills sessions delivered and offered then? With the the team of coaches that we've got, we've all got a broad range of expertise and experience in general practice. So it's definitely on a one-to-one basis. You don't want one coach with two coaches looking after one patient. That doesn't really work. So it's a one-to-one situation in, in the clinical setting. We assess what the needs are of that individual on, on request and then we'll match the coach up to the, the what's required for the coachee. So, for example, Sarah is great with cardiovascular disease. So if somebody's got an interest in that, I've done a cardiovascular diploma or a module and they want to just set up a, their own cardiovascular clinic, then Sarah would be the one that we'd direct that, that nurse to. The sessions, we've sort of predicted about eight sessions, but that's not set in stone. Um, we tend to do um, a morning or an afternoon session, so about four hours with each with each person that's part of the program. And again, it's all done on an individual basis. Some coaches, some some staff want an intense weekly 
session. Others would prefer just to catch up once a month and and sort of reflect on what they've learned um, in the month that we've since we've seen them. Um, so there's nothing set in stone, although it is quite a formal process that we're trying to achieve. The length of the the, the option of availability is is very much dependent on owners' needs. However, we have to have a cutoff point because we're not there to actually be part of the nursing team. So hopefully. What we what I've, we've done historically, it's been quite intense initially, and then we've been able to back off, um, and and just perhaps touch base once a month with with the with the new nurse. I don't know what Sarah thinks how it's worked for her with her coaches. Yeah, exactly the same. So um, it's initially, isn't it about it's about finding out what they need and what they what they want, um, and how we can best support them, and then how long it takes and how many times you need to visit is very much individual, depending on when you you know when you see them. And they, we discuss what the needs are. Some people will, ha- will have very much um, specialised clinics that they'll be able to put in. So if someone wants a diabetes input, for example, then they have a, diabet- a diabetes clinic. Others, some of the other clinics will be very varied and be all sorts of different things. So, yeah, so they, I would say what we've we've done about usually about over six months, um, the, the, the sort of visits have been over six months. And by the time you get to those six months, often you can see that you're not needed anymore and, and they're absolutely fine. Their confidence has really grown. And so usually about six months and like like Heather said, about four, four hours, four and a half hours, once per session. And that's normally enough for both the both the, the nurse or the healthcare professional and the person and the coach. Yeah, I guess like you said, you mentioned about um, you both mentioned about this whole building of like handholding, then building of confidence. And I suppose for each person individual, that's going to be slightly different, isn't it? Like you say, some people will build confidence much quicker, and depending on the skill they're acquiring. Because I think you are doing smaller things where you might just go and sign people off with um, things like diabetes foot checks and things like that. That might be quite a short session as opposed to someone who's trying to build a whole skill and learn all about say cardiovascular disease or diabetes what i what i've experienced is when you're first working with somebody who's new to general practice i'll use a vitamin b12 injection as a very simple example yeah yes somebody knows how to give a vitamin b12 injection yeah but we we just ask them just to think about one what they're giving Mm. two why are they giving it and and do they understand the rationale behind why that person's become vitamin B12 deficient. So it's removing it as a task-orientated situation yeah. to thinking about the bigger picture. And I think that's that will improve the quality of the nurses that we're supporting because yeah. it's a very simple task, isn't it, giving an IM injection of a medication. Mm. But it's just thinking outside the box and thinking around that that task and not just making it a task that you think, right, that's a five-minute job. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Yeah, And, and also using that consultation for the, for, to get the most out of that consultation, for the, which is what I've, I've been doing today, for example, with a brand new newly qualified nurse. Mm. And we've looked at we a lot of simple tasks today, phlebotomy, B12 injections. So we've used this time to think about the quality outcome framework and, and making every consultation be useful. So people who smoke, we've, we've, we've talked about smoking cessation, which wasn't on the appointment, yeah. but it's then, it's then making that 10-minute that consultation get the best out of it for the patient for the, as a bigger picture yeah. so that's what we've concentrated on today so it looks like a very simple simplistic clinic but you mm. can sort of embellish that clinic to to improve that 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 nurse's knowledge and i suppose all these appointments like you know it can seem quite simple on the face of it i think sometimes yeah. that's where non-clinical staff can be a bit blase about oh that'll just take 10 minutes but yeah it's when you dig a bit deeper into things isn't it yeah so, yeah, so I was just i was just going to reiterate what heather said um in that yes uh, it can be looking like a simplistic 
clinic on the outside. So I know that um, one of the clinics that I'd attended recently was mostly bloods for a, in, even with a registered nurse. But actually going a bit deeper into that and then bloods for methotrexate, bloods for um, a hospital appointment, bloods for um, a long term condition and all of those things although the blood test itself is a simple act and a simple task all of those things that you're taking the blood for are huge subjects so yes. that that's a huge amount of um of upskilling and understanding about each individual thing yeah absolutely a valuable support yeah definitely yeah it's such a good point because it's like someone can just do a blood test and it just be a blood test and not not delve any deeper but like yeah you yeah you can really go down a lot deeper into a lot of these appointments like methotrexate like you say is quite a complex area isn't it yeah exactly and yes you can it is it can be just a blood test can't it and mm-hmm. the blood test 10 minutes and off you go but but if you really do think about upskill if we're, if we're there to really help and upskill yeah. these these nurses and and um nursing teams and allied health professionals then that's what we can be there for so what are the expectations of the practice then? When we first set up, we didn't have um, a lot of paperwork and we just sort of went in and it was a brand new. So we weren't exactly sure what to expect. Um, but as time's gone on, we've thought we need to get some real good processes in place so that we understand exactly what we're going in to do and the practices understand exactly what we're going in to do. So um, we've set up a few for the practices. We have um, set up a memorandum of understanding just to highlight that we're going in to be supportive of that nurse to highlight areas of that need um, some upskilling things that the nurse is looking for so we keep saying nurse don't we but that's that's because that's who we've been seeing so far but healthcare team what they need from us what we can deliver to them and what the surgery wants from that nurse or that allied healthcare professional as well so we just need to we just needed to put in a couple of processes to make sure that it was understood that we are going in as, as a supportive role um as a coaching role but not as a doing role so we're not going in to run the clinics for that for that surgery we're not going in with we're not looking at newly newly diagnosed diabetics for example or newly diagnosed um heart failure patients and starting from scratch and being that sort of practitioner so we're going in as a supportive role um and helping the helping whatever whoever's there giving to give their expertise um so we just need to be careful about that when we as we set it up and make sure that those expectations are all in place um we need to be we need the um surgery to to give us plenty of time and to organize the clinic so that we know that when we go in and the nurse has got plenty of time and it's not so rushed that there's no time for discussion ideally try to get as much in there as the as the practitioner needs where she's looking for upskilling so if we're looking for up, if she's desperately looking for upskilling in wound care and then her whole clinic is full of um b12 injections let's say then we're going to miss the miss the boat a little bit so try yeah. and try and ask them well enough in advance so that the clinics can be varied in the stuff that they need to get in there um, and allow sufficient time so it might be that we might say could you make your um, appointments that little bit longer or could we have a couple of gaps in amongst um, the clinic just to have a bit of catch-up time I know it's in it, I, this all sounds very idealistic and in the world of general practice it's all absolutely round and full and everything so um, sometimes that's a big ask but it really does benefit if we can do that. Having time to give that feedback is such an important part of, of learning and also that appropriateness of appointments is really important because I think I've had that where people have sat in with me who are new to practice and they'll come and sit in on my very complex complex clinic that's you know got your all your complex COPD patients in and actually that's probably not someone who's brand new to asthma wants 
to sit in, sit in on really it's probably more um detrimental than helpful <laughs> yeah 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 it's like them completely more... <laughs> yeah yeah can go away feeling more confused than ever yeah exactly exactly that so that's why it's important you know if someone's new to asthma CFPD, they'd probably just want some adult asthma to begin with and not sit in on a clinic full of complex asthma CFPD crossover syndromes and stuff like that so yeah do you have anything to add to that uh heather just on what are the expectations of the practice if there are any issues, anybody who's listening to this podcast and they, and they they know that the nurse that we're, that we're going to be joining for that session isn't going to be available, that we're definitely not there to, to do the clinic in, in their absence. Yeah. We've, we've, we've come across this historically and it's quite, it's quite uncomfortable as yeah. the coach turning up and as having that difficult conversation with the surgery staff. We're not, we're not set in stone, but some of the things we do have to be quite, quite, strict about really and and that's one of them and I think um that's where the memorandum of understanding comes into play yeah perfect exactly because we're not there to sort of you know be an extra hand or a locum nurse to the the surgery it's to support that um that person who needs coaching isn't it so if they're not there then it's essentially like it's a you know the clinic has to be cancelled doesn't it really yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah we we need to be careful about for us and protecting ourselves as well when we go into practice so that you know as as heather said we'll do anything and anything that we that needs to be done but we have to protect ourselves and make sure that everybody is safe the patients are safe the healthcare professionals are safe and that we're safe in all of our practice so what should people do if they listen to this and thought this sounds amazing i could really use because i think it was quite interesting we went to the nurse conference didn't we recently and i think it was something like 70 percent of people in a um, slido poll said that they were either new to practice or had recently attended training for a new skill so there must be quite a lot of people out there who could benefit from clinical skills coaching so what should they do if they are interested and want to um have some coaching well obviously you need to contact us at kernel health um, yeah. We've got an admin team who will send you all the documents that you need. Um, there is some paperwork to to complete, which again, the memorandum of understanding, just to just to ensure that you know what you're signing up for. Then, once that initial document's been completed, then the clinical team will look at what's requested and what's required of that potential learner. Then we'll match them up with one of our team, who will then make a contact with the individual and hopefully the practice manager or the the mentoring practice if they're brand newly qualified and they're and, and they're maybe completely new to general practice so they've got a mentor attached to them in the surgery that we'll work alongside as well so it's having that initial converse, conversation meet and greet if you will yeah so um after the paperwork and everything's been been filled in um and then we will meet up either either on a team's meet or go and meet um the surgeries face to face for uh, an initial discussion to go through everything to talk about what the plan is make a plan for the next few months um really nitty gritty get get down to the nitty gritty about what everybody wants to learn and what the practice is is hoping that they'll get out of the of these sessions as well um and start from there really make the plan so do you have any sort of final thoughts or anything that you would want to end on from from what we found so far the clinical skills sessions have been really well received from the the nurses and the that we've that we've been in to work with they found it really supportive and they felt that they've been able to really um 
embed their clinic, new clinical skills and move forward and, and feel confident in, in their surgeries. Um, I would say that I think it's we, we as the clinical skills coaches have been registered nurses for a long time. We've been practice nurses for quite a long time um, and we have lots of skills. But what we're not trying to go in there, I think we said earlier on, we're not going in to assess, pay, to assess nurses. We're not going in to assess anything or or go in as as um trying to change things. We're, we're going in to support and give people confidence so we're not going as as experts we're just going in as well qualified nurses who have been doing the job a long time we have some extra skills and we're able to go in and really support those those nurses or or any any of the team that need it I just have realized that if we do carry on supporting these new nurses then this this terrifying thought of having no nurses that are going to be able to work in general practice that that might be reduced a little bit because if we can retain these nurses who've taken the leap of faith and come over to general practice, then we need to give them as much encouragement and support as we can um, because we need them to stay because we're otherwise we're going to be in trouble. So I just hope that if you're listening to this, um, it means you're already interested either as a as a new nurse or as a team of nurses that, that are thinking of, of, of using our service, then even if you just want a, an informal chat with with one of us, either myself or Sarah or yourself, Emma, I'm I'm sure that any all of us will 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 welcome any conversation. Amazing. Well, thank you very much both for your time. It's a pleasure. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye. Thanks bye. both. Bye. That's all today from Primary Care Spotlight. Thank you for listening and I look forward to you joining me again soon. For more information, you can visit our website www.kernerhealthcic.org.uk forward slash Cornwall training hub. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cornwall underscore TH and on Facebook at Cornwall Training Hub. To speak to the Training Hub team about how we can help your practice or career, please contact us at kernerhealthcic.workforce at nhs.net. If you have content ideas or would be interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please do get in touch. Bye for now.